Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Friday, March 18th, and this is People Every Day. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Nigel Smith filling in for Janine Rubenstein as your host today. The sun is out, the snow has melted, the weather is warm, and I am so ready for the weekend. But before that, we have another packed show for you with lots of headlines. So let's get right into it. Earlier this week, a horrific crash in West Texas claimed the lives of six members of the University of the Southwest men's and women's golf teams and their coach, who were in a college transit van at the time. A man and his 13-year-old son, who was allegedly behind the wheel of their pickup truck at the time of the collision, also died. The accident is reportedly the result of one of the truck's tires blowing out just moments before. Two members of the golf team survived the crash and were taken to the hospital in critical condition. Devastating doesn't even do justice to the toll of this tragedy, and I truly hope that in the aftermath of this, the two surviving students have a speedy recovery. Moving on, the parents of Helena Hutchins, the Russ cinematographer who was killed on the set of the film in October, are reportedly trapped in Kiev, Ukraine, amidst the ongoing war. Attorneys for Helena's husband, Matthew, confirmed to people that Helena's sister and three-year-old niece were able to make it to the Romanian border and are trying to evacuate. In news reported first by TMZ, Matthew tweeted that Helena's mother continues to work in the hospital where she has been a nurse for over a decade because her country needs her, but also because they cannot leave safely. Matthew later added, Ukraine's defenders are inspiring the world with their bravery, Keep telling the truth about Putin's invasion and atrocities. Support refugees and the territorial defense with aid and any intervention possible to protect the Ukrainian citizens and their independence. We continue to keep all of Ukraine in our thoughts during this critical time. Next up, the 2022 Met Gala co-chairs have been announced. The May 2nd event will be hosted by a very starry bunch this year. We have Oscar winner Regina King, gorgeous couple Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, and Hamilton superstar Lin-Manuel Miranda. This marks the first major public commitment Regina has taken on since her son passed away at the end of January. She and her co-chairs will be helping celebrate a theme of In America, an anthology of fashion. I've been doing my own thing, making my own moves, 24-7, 365. I wear what I want, say what I want, and I will not hesitate to do a spontaneous cartwheel if I feel so moved. (laughs) That was from Disney Pixar's delightful Turning Red, a new family film that has a ton of people talking since landing on Disney Plus last week. It follows the story of a middle schooler named Maylin Lee, a Chinese-Canadian girl who has inherited quite the family gene. She has the ability to turn into a red panda when any strong emotion is evoked. Get the title? 
Directed by Academy Award winner Domi Shi, the gorgeously animated film is a coming-of-age story that tackles some mature themes that some audience members took issue with. I personally love the film's message and the film setting of Toronto, my hometown. So joining me now to talk about it is Entertainment Weekly's executive editor, Clarissa Cruz. Hey, Clarissa, thank you so much for joining. No problem. Hi, Nigel. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I just watched this fabulous movie last night. The movie breaks a lot of ground in terms of representation and honesty about coming of age. Plus, Domi is the first woman to solely direct a Pixar film. We have to note that Brave, uh, which I also loved, was co-directed by Brenda Chapman. I can't believe it's taken this long for this to happen, or maybe I can, given how Hollywood seems to be at progress, but here we are. So, Clarissa, I have a two-part question for you. What was your favorite part of the film, and why do you think people need to see this film right now? Well, it's difficult for me to choose my favorite part of the film, because to me, the thing that most resonated is the fact that it's centered on an Asian family and how naturally it celebrates Asian culture. It's not putting an exclamation mark on it. It just is. And I think that is just so important, just the matter-of-factness in which it presents that. It's also natural in the way it presents female characters. Equality is a given, and the confidence of the main character, May, and her group of friends is a through line in the film. I think it's important just in that way, in the naturalness of it. To answer the second part of your question, I think people need to see it right now, not only because of what I mentioned before, but also because it addresses themes that aren't often seen on screen. There are references to periods and menstruation, and that's that's something that um, that is rarely addressed on screen. And shows and movies tend to either focus on girls or women, not sort of that awkward in-between of being 13. It's also about normalizing the emotional and physical messiness of puberty. And that's a cinematic boundary that writer-director Domi Shi wants to cross. I think it raises a lot of important themes in a very entertaining way. So there are some audience members, mostly men, not including me, who have said that the film is not universal enough or that the film's honest portrayal of puberty might confuse younger audiences. Now, can we talk about how the film is actually relatable and why this message needs to be told? Yeah, I mean, I would assume that everyone, including those men who are uncomfortable with it, have gone through puberty. That's a pretty universal thing. I I would say that that's very relatable. As far as it being inappropriate for younger audiences, people go into the movie knowing that it's focusing on teens. So if you have a child who's a preschooler, like toddler age, it might go over their heads. I think the themes of feminism and intergenerational conflict are all pretty universal. I don't think you need to be a Chinese-Canadian teenager in Toronto to be able to identify with that. I couldn't agree more. And I've spoken with some mothers who watched the film with their kids, and the issue they took with it, despite loving it, was the portrayal of the lead character's mother, who's pretty overbearing. What do you have to say about the portrayal of the mother figure in this film? I don't think that the mother portrayal was problematic. I really enjoyed her, and I actually didn't find her that overbearing. I I thought she was so caring and just really wanted to connect with her daughter. It was all coming from a place of love. So I don't think that that was problematic at all. I, I really enjoyed her character. And I thought that the interactions between the mother and daughter were just so realistic and resonant. And it's not perfect. And it's not supposed to be. And I think that this film presents that really well. 
So this film is obviously celebrating diversity, a wonderful thing, but it comes at a very difficult time for Disney. The company is under a lot of scrutiny, as is its CEO, Bob Chapek, who is facing backlash for Disney's response to Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. And because of this, Disney employees are planning walkouts. A letter was shared from Pixar LGBTQ plus employees denouncing the bill and Disney's lack of action at the time. So even though this new Pixar film is helping push the needle forward, when we think of the events of this past week, how much progress do you think Disney is actually making as a whole? Well, the current news obviously is unfortunate and seems like an instance of one step forward and two steps back. But progress happens in increments, right? I mean, I think the strides that Turning Red has made are important. And the fact that it's happening at all, when people are watching the movie, and I think especially children, they might not know all of the corporate going-ons and the things that are happening in the news. And I think it's important that this doesn't get lost in that. It's an important film. It's a groundbreaking film. And it presents themes that aren't always shown and that need to be shown. And I think that progress is important in its way as well. Yeah. And I hope that despite this silly and offensive backlash, Disney and Pixar just continue to make more films of this nature because we need them more than ever right now. Yeah, definitely. I was watching this. uh, My daughter is preschool age and I was, was watching it with her and it just made me so happy to see this and knowing that when we are ready to have that talk about puberty and all the things that are happening, that there'll be other movies, not just this one for her to identify with. I love that. Well, I hope Disney's listening. (laughs) And thank you so much, Clarissa, for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Coming up, we'll visit with Entertainment Weekly's awards editor, Jared Hall, and get into all things South by Southwest. Plus, we'll get his thoughts on what to expect at next weekend's Oscars. But first, it's Friday, and we have to talk about the soon-to-be latest additions to your weekend playlist. We'll be back after the break with some of the music we can't stop listening to. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. All right, we're back. It's the end of the week, and we're going to send you into the weekend with some new songs to play on repeat with another New Music Friday on People Every Day. Let's kick things off with Normani's latest single, Fair. She just performed the song on The Tonight Show, and I highly recommend checking that out because it's been playing on repeat in my head all day. The next one is by Carrie Underwood. It's called Ghost Story, and I have my fingers crossed that we'll be getting a Celine Dion, it's all coming back to me now style music video for it. I can practically see the flickering candles and slow motion hallway sprints. 
finally, we have Rosalia's new song, Chicken Teriyaki. Nice title, which you may have seen her perform on SNL last weekend. Good luck getting that beat and possibly a craving for chicken teriyaki out of your head. For the first time since the pandemic, Austin's beloved South by Southwest Festival is back in person and speaking from experience, it is one of the raddest cultural events of the year. I have so many great memories there as a film reporter. It's part music festival, tech fest with enlightening panels, and of course, part film festival. The films there tend to be a little more playful and comedic or straight up horrifying than the ones you'll find coming out of Sundance and the like. One of my favorite comedies of all time, Bridesmaids, made its raucous debut there. Some other comedies I cherish, like Trainwreck, Blockers, and Sausage Party also premiered there, as did Cabin in the Woods and series like Girls and Silicon Valley. Joining us now to fill us in on what he saw at this year's festival is Entertainment Weekly's Jared Hall. Hey, Jared, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm sad I didn't get to go to Austin this year, but you were there on the ground, and this festival has only continued to grow in popularity and notoriety over the past decade. And I just want to know what some of your favorite moments out of covering the festival over the past couple of years have been. First of all, this year, just being there, you know, South by is, it's not one of those events that went virtual the past couple of years. They just didn't really do anything. So to be there back in person was a really big deal. Everyone was just really excited to be back there. You walk around town and all of these activations, these little mini events within the festival are going on. Businesses allow them to like paint the facades in these really cool designs and stuff. The city is trying as hard as they might to keep up with everything and the festival. So glad that is something that's not really being diminished by all of the growth, but it is growing along with the city. Well, talking about the big movies to premiere there, studios love to debut their big starry summer comedies. And obviously the biggest one there this year was The Lost City with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt in a hilarious cameo. This is not a romance novel. Jungles eat people like us. Ah, what is that? Get it off. Please. Please. Like, I can feel him sucking my soul. Speaking. Stop speaking. Stop speaking. Stop Feels like there's more. Holy mother of God. Ah. It's just sucking on my butt like a big old Jamba juice. Oh. What can you tell us about that movie? It is the epitome of fun. They all have these great, fun, playful senses of humor, and it really shows in this movie where she's playing this romance novelist and, and she has the same kind of cover model for all of her books. And Channing Tatum's the one who plays that guy, but he's kind of stuck in this weird spot in his head thinking that he is this guy in her books and it ends up becoming this kind of action adventure. I think it's probably gonna be a pretty big hit when it opens next week. Another movie that premiered at the festival was this meta Nicolas Cage comedy where he plays himself. Can you tell us about the concept behind this insane sounding movie and how Austin ate it up? So it is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Nicolas Cage plays Nick, N-I-C-K, Cage, and playing a version of himself, he is a very big movie star and he is invited to this party by a character played by Pedro Pascal. They bond, they talk about the movies and all that stuff, but Nick then finds out that this guy is the target of a CIA sting and he is drawn into this as an asset of sorts to help them get this guy. There's much more of a comedic take on this. They are having some fun with the material. I 
feel like we've seen Nicolas Cage doing a lot of pretty serious movies in recent years. It plays so well to the South by audience. This is exactly the kind of thing they come to this festival for. I think it's sitting right now at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, or at least it was at one point earlier this week. People love it. I just love that he signed on for this. It kind of tells you the, t the type of person he is. He's willing to take risks and make fun of himself, and God bless him. He told me at South By it took him like three reads of the script to really even begin to consider saying yes. What made him say yes in the end? What was it? Meeting with the director, really like getting a clear understanding of the tone because that's what he was worried about. He wanted to make sure that obviously he wasn't like making fun of him and his career, but he really wanted to understand the tone better. And once they met, he was like, I got it. I'm in. Well, the last movie I really wanted to touch on is this Michelle Yeoh A24 film. The studio A24 is known to put out very strange boundary breaking films that kind of appeal to a younger demographic. And her film called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once sounds wild and the trailer is all over the place. It's crazy, but in the best ways possible. On the surface, it's, you know, Michelle Yeoh, she owns a laundromat. She's trying to get her taxes done. It's just this kind of complicated thing. And then suddenly she's visited by her husband, but from a different dimension, who's essentially trying to recruit her because they need her help in trying to play out this mission. One look at the trailer, and you can see the absolutely stunning visuals of this movie. It is such a wild trip that you just have to go and be ready for an experience because it's really some fascinating filmmaking. This is Michelle Yeoh, like you have never seen her before. She has to play so many different characters and personas and corners of her mind, essentially. It's absolutely fascinating. I hope everybody sees this movie. All right, before I let you go, we have to talk about next week's Academy Awards. So what are you most excited for? I am very excited, actually, about the return of hosts. I think Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, Amy Schumer are really kind of an inspired pair, perhaps mismatch in some ways, but mismatch is good because everybody has different comedic sensibilities, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think just in seeing some of the presenters, there are kind of some theories about might we have some reunions of very popular movies because we have seen the names John Travolta, Uma Thurman, Samuel L. Jackson. Will there be a Pulp Fiction reunion? Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. It is this year the anniversary of White Man Can't Jump. So those are little things that in my head, I'm like, if this happens, I'm already so excited for the show for those reasons. I'm excited to see, I think, Will Smith win his first Oscar. I really think that's going to be uh, a really special moment. I hope and think Jessica Chastain is going to win. Best Picture, I think, is still a little up in the air, which also makes for a really exciting Oscars. We don't really know. The movie Coda has been coming on so strong, but Power of the Dog is still a favorite by many. So I think it's going to be a fun night. I will be there on the carpet with Janine. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for being on today and talking all things South by Southwest and have an amazing time on the red carpet at the Oscars. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. This last story is one that I can't get enough of. I am by no means a sports fan, but I can guarantee that everyone will get a kick out of this March Madness story. I promise it's definitely something to make you smile. Yesterday, during the first day of the NCAA tournament, a ball got stuck up behind the backboard, leaving players and the ref stumped as to how to get it down. The guy is tossed, can't do it. With a mop. That's how high up it is. 
We're getting a chair out. After the ref climbed onto a chair and tried to reach the ball with a mop handle with no success, two members of the Indiana University cheerleading team stepped in with an assist. March Madness is, after all, about unlikely heroes. Yes, get the cheerleader up! Get her up there! This is how you do it! Give her the mob! Now she's got it! Oh! What a play! The cheerleader saves the day! Hoosier cheerleader Cassidy Kearney was hoisted up by fellow cheerleader Nathan Paris to retrieve the ball and save the day. In an interview with Good Morning America, they talked about how it felt to help out. It's scary, but it's exciting. Just getting one crazy reaction makes it all work. Just being able to bring that exposure to my team was really fun. I just love that for them. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another great show. It has been so fun guest hosting for you all today. Have a fabulous weekend. And then on Monday, be sure to tune back in with Janine returning for more People Every Day.